This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to Cabinet CHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinet. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cabinetshr.com. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Our guest today is Lauren Waldman. Lauren, are you ready to be great today? Absolutely. Lauren is a curiosity seeker with a deep desire to learn, share, help, and laugh. From Lauren's start as a certified international teacher of language to her ever-growing collection of degrees, certificates, and professor accolades, it's your infectious ability to bring people into a world of curiosity and possibility, which has gained her success. A trainer, designer, facilitator, speaker, mentor, coach, and separate clean pirate, she takes you on your own guided learning journey. Lauren creates with you epic learning adventures and solutions, drawing on her 16 years of professional experiences that span the globe, industries on land and at sea, and sometimes even in the air. She taps into the science and fun of learning while maintaining a sharp approach with intense dedication to the success of others. Her current focus in the studies of neuroscience and how the brain learns has played an eminent role in helping individuals and corporations navigate through the creation of what she calls learning legacies. These studies have also given rise to strategies relevant to the confusions and challenges of the current cross-generational workforce. Lauren is a CTDP certified training and developmental professional, has certification in the fundamentals of neuroscience from Harvard, has recently completed a certificate in medical neuroscience from Duke, is a designated communication coach and trainer, is an advisor, advisory board member of the NCCA, National Communication Coach Association of Canada. Lauren, like, how do you, how are you doing all that stuff? I don't know. <laughs> that, that I, you know, and it's just that I, you know, the more interviews I do, I'm, I'm thinking, how do I consolidate that? So it doesn't, it doesn't sound so, so, you know, intense, but um, the fact is I'm a lifelong learner and I think to be in my profession, you have to be. So I'll have to find some, some way to sum that up a little bit, you know, shorter, <laughs> shorter way. <laughs> So Lauren, tell us about why you think you're, you're a separate king pirate. How does that come about? The, you know, it's interesting. So the pirate comes um, from, from sort of two parts of my life. One, from the fact that I think I've always been a bit of a rascal. You know, when I, when I was really little, and there's a photo of this, I can have to dig this up one day. Um, I, I took my dad's car, and I was only about five years old. So <laughs> and I had my sister sitting beside me as, as my co-captain. So that was my first commandeering mission. But this whole pirate theme that comes into the work that I do really has to tap into the fact that learning has to do with enjoyment and fun. And if you get to know me, those words pretty much describe who I am. I know that, uh, you know, by age and by number, I'm one thing, but by attitude and behavior, I'm definitely the other. So it's, it's a good match of the two. So this is a little off topic, but talking about your, you know, your five-year escapade, back when I was like, well, five, eight, five or six my grandmother was sick. You know, everyone's at our grandparents' house. I was like, when are we going to see my grandma? When are we going to see my grandmother? They don't do laying. So I decided to get in the car, pop the clutch, and of course, they right, went in, right into the front porch. Yep. <laughs> so you had a little adventure of your own. <laughs> yeah. 
So we're, I think that, you know, one thing when we're talking about learning, especially as adults, is we tend to, because we're, we get so caught up in the day-to-day and the stress and, you know, the frustrations and everything, um, we really do forget what we were like when we were those little rascals at five years old and, and doing those things that really enticed our curiosity and drove us into our curiosity. And that, to me, is a great part of, you know, learning throughout the ages. So that's a really crucial part for what I believe in. Lauren, how can you tell if someone's actually open to learning? If they're open to learning, show up. <laughs> That's the first, the first one. You know, I find, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. And one thing that I say in my sessions now is that everyone's attended a learning session. And I've looked at an, out at an audience before where you can look at their faces and you can just see in their mind, they're going, oh, training. You know, I don't want to be here. I've been forced to be here, you know, and that's, you know, one thing that I think is really important is, you know, learning isn't something that you can be forced into doing. The brain automatically already goes into the mode of, you know what, I don't need to learn something new. I'm happy with what I know. So it's already resistant to that. And that's, you know, a part of our brain that sort of deals with our emotional our emotional capacities. But, you know, you can't reach everyone all the time. But for me now at this stage is if you're sitting there is because you want to be there. Um, and I think almost every training session that I start now, it's if you don't want to be here, that's okay. Just sneak out. That's totally fine. Lauren, why is curiosity so important? And then why do so, why do so many of us lose curiosity as we get older? Curiosity, you know, if you think about how, how children explore their worlds, and if you, and I spend a lot of time with kids and, um, you know, with friends, kids, and just watching them as they learn in their environment, the curiosity is incredibly important, especially to the learning brain, no matter what age you are, because the environment becomes an association that the brain makes to the learning. So for any of my L&D people out there who want a really good design tip is when you are designing something that you know requires you know an environmental shift try to make the learning as the uh, excuse me try to recreate the environment as closely as you can to the learning because what that allows the brain to do is to grab more places to make associations with so that's where the curiosity comes from the other side of that is you know for so many years we were telling people you know, chase your passion, chase your passion. You know, I'm passionate about a lot of things, but I don't follow necessarily up on them. I don't go to read upon them. I don't go to do that. For me, chasing your curiosity is really the gold. You know, once I started my studies on the brain, I it became, you know, the rabbit hole for me. I couldn't stop because I was so curious. You know, I, I learned one thing and be like, oh, wait, how does that affect this thing? And how does that, why does that do this? And, you know, everything. So you're chasing this curiosity and that's why I refer to learning as an adventure because you're always finding new treasure. Well, one thing I've always been curious about, so, you know, like you're sitting down doing something and I don't know where memory comes, then a second memory, then a third and a fourth. And like, you get the memory Number five has nothing to do with the first memory. Like, I've always been curious, like, how does it all connect and how does that happen? Memory is a really interesting thing that we're still learning so much about. And I think that we have to sort of, um, I'm just going to put a caveat here to say, I have studied neuroscience. I have my certifications in neuroscience. I am not a neuroscientist. I do it specifically for, um, you know, my career in the L&D. But when it comes to memory, what I think what people don't understand is that memory doesn't hold itself in just one place. It holds itself in multiple places across the brain. Now, there is where you've got your long-term storage and that's in your hippocampus. But memory does play a part in different pieces. Um, for example, like you're saying, maybe you heard some music or maybe you smelled something and, and it, it just instantly brought you back to somewhere. And it's because memory gets stores in all those different parts of cortex. And that's why you one thing can stimulate the other. So Lauren, is there a limit to the amount of people that your culture mentor? 
Is there a limit? <laughs> I, you know, that's funny. Um, I was writing about that this morning. I've got three, um, three brilliant young entrepreneurs who um, I'm playing mentor to right now. And I really strongly believe that, you know, this is also part in creating the legacies that we leave behind is what do we pass on of our knowledge. But one thing that I didn't consider, which I've now learned so much about is it's a wonderful way to bridge the gaps within organizations. Because currently, we've got about four, sometimes five different generations working in the workplace right now. And it's causing so much of a conundrum with people. And you know, when you really think about it, you know, whether or not you, you really love your family or not, if you had to go to work with your grandmother and your dad and your sister, and your cousin, um, there's going to be some tensions there. So it's a matter of how do we use mentorship as a way to bridge those gaps and learn across the generations as opposed to being confused or frustrated by them. Lauren, is there a certain industry or certain size of business that you prefer to work with? You know, I, I find that that keeps shifting. Um, currently, I really like working with, the, with small to medium-sized industries. Not, I came from a very corporate environment. I've worked with, you know, with companies that had 350,000 plus employees globally. And it's not that there can't be impact. The impact on those when it comes to creating a learning map and a learning legacy, it's going to take a substantial you know, a substantial much more time than it would for a small to medium-sized enterprise that's just getting started. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you have to chip away at it a little bit, you know, a little bit by little bit until you can actually reach the whole company. When it comes to the small to medium size, I think that if they're looking at, and I, I was asking a young entrepreneur the other day, I said, Are you, have you written your business plan? And they said, yeah, we're just about done. And I said, well, did you include learning in that? And for every person that I've asked that, the answer has always been no. So that's why I feel the necessity to get to the smaller businesses now and say, listen, we've seen what the issues have been from the past 25 to 50 years of business because when you lose people and you lose their knowledge, it impacts your business. So why don't we put this in right from the very beginning so that we're not making the same mistakes of the past? Lauren, what advice do you have for someone who's looking to, to bring on a coach? I think the, the first thing is to really understand what your goals and objectives are. And I really, really nail those down because, um, you know, I've actually, you know, interestingly enough, I, I overheard a young lady who I, who I wound up helping get a coach who was having a conversation with somebody. She was very frustrated because it wasn't aligned properly to what she was after. So that I'd say is you know, so crucial is understand what your objectives are and where the alignment is. And it's not necessarily that you're going to be looking for people who have, you know, 10 to 15 more experience. You know, we've all often thought that you have to have all that more experience to be a coach. But what we have to recognize is everybody's brain is different because we all have different experiences. So, a coach can be anyone from a different perspective or a different industry, or it could be very specified. So when I'm coaching somebody, my first question to ask them is, well, what are your actual goals and objectives? Because maybe I'm not the coach for you. Lauren, are you open to coaching people worldwide? Or are, you, are you focused on the Toronto area? I'm always open. I, I think uh, worldwide, definitely. I've you know, if you looked at if you look at my sort of history of where I've worked, it's pretty much been worldwide. And how you know, winding up on on a cruise ship working there that pretty much <laughs> solidified <laughs> my global presence. <laughs> Lauren, can you talk about a time you were successful successful in the past? What you learned and what we can learn from this. You know, one of the, the best stories of, of what I think is my personal success when it comes to my profession um, does actually come from the cruise ships. You know, working on a cruise ship, it, it's very difficult. It was definitely one of the most operationally challenging roles I have ever had in my career because, you know, you're working 
on a, you know, on a moving city that doesn't sleep, essentially. Um, one of the biggest successes was implementing a cross-training program within the ship. Now, I'm going to explain that a little bit. Uh, the ship itself, like I said, it runs like a little city. And within the ship, we have our own HR departments and all the other divisions within. We've got the housekeeping, we've got the bar, dining, all, all of the different divisions. And it was a matter of, we had people who wanted to switch roles within the same environment. So maybe you had somebody who was in the gap who decided, you know what, I'd really like to be in the dining room one day. I really like to train for that. And uh, Royal Caribbean did a wonderful job at coming up with a cross-training program that I then would implement on the ship and worked with some of the wonderful supervisors and managers to put these people through cross-training so that they were getting the skills and experiences that they needed while they were on board so that when those positions did come up, they can internally apply for them and stay within the same environment. To me, that's a wonderful success because, you know, for my particular role as training officer, I would be on the ship for four months at a time and then I would be off for two months. And probably the best success I would have is seeing someone who I had put through the cross-training program and when I leave for vacation is in one uniform, but when I come back from vacation... He's in the new uniform and he's working out in, in the crew mess or the officer's mess. I, I couldn't have asked for more success than that. Just I think it's the equivalent of sending your children off to school for the first day. <laughs> so you just have this immense amount of pride. Lauren, can you talk about, talk about telling you failed, what you learned from this and what we can learn? I mean, I feel like failure is part of learning. And you know, I've put together design plans that I thought we're going to knock this out of the park and it's going to be really great. And they've just bombed. And it's something that you wouldn't have known until you went ahead and implemented it. And, you know, I'm a strong believer when it comes to learning is that we need to value our, we, we need to value our failures. And, you know, I think there's not one person out there who can't say that, you know, of course, we, we failed in, in some ways in one shape or another. Um, I think that's also part about building a legacy, you know, is, um, you know, I'm writing a, a book currently, which on the personal side of things, it's a book called Dear Alice. And it's it was supposed to be a sort of a, a forebook to any children I might have in the future. And it documents all of my like monumental failures <laughs> growing up in the hopes that I can pass those on because we're good. everyone's going to make their own failures. Everyone's going to make their own mistakes. But here, here's mine. Try to learn from those and don't do those again. Like maybe don't steal your mom's car when you're 15. <laughs> Tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Your close friends, close family know, but most people that work through day to day don't know this about you. I feel that, you know, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. I, I have had so many different jobs just growing up and in career and I've worked with so many different industries. I think that if I were to start listing things off, you would go like, what, what haven't you done at this point? I mean, from a dental assistant to uh, working in a pizza place to, <laughs> you know, various dog, dog walking jobs, like just the most random of all experiences. Um, most people don't know the sort of the lengths of everything that I've done. Um, one thing that I was when I was very young, I was a music, musical prodigy. That's probably something that most people don't know. So I started playing the piano when I was three by ear. And I remember by four, four and a half uh, in junior kindergarten, I would be sitting there at the piano in the classroom entertaining the kids with Sesame Street theme songs. <laughs> it was a bit, I was a big hit back then. <laughs> That's very interesting. So you, so you just lost interest in the piano or do you still play once in a while? 
I definitely still play once in a while. My my music sort of I played up until high school so I could get some credit and I you know I was actually very high up. I studied from the London Conservatory in England and I was classically trained, but it seemed that the music aspect has always followed me in different ways. So one thing actually another thing that people don't really know is that I do sing. Um I just don't sing very often. I've kind of made it because I travel so much. Uh, I made it a game like years ago which is every new country I travel to, I'll go to a local local bar where there's a band live band playing and lo and behold I will get up on that stage <laughs> so so far we've hit Japan and the Philippines uh, Mexico in December we just did yeah all over the world Costa Rica very random places where I'll just commandeer the stage <laughs> that's great Lauren can you tell us about someone who has helped in the past and how they helped you my mentor I think without without the woman who I had found as my mentor I wouldn't have discovered neurosciences um, or sort of made that connection between the value of that in the learning and development world. And she she lives in the States. She is an amazing woman. Her name is Dr. Britt Andreata. She also studies neuroscience, has written several books. Um, I was so inspired by her and by learning from her that when I did get into the neurosciences, um, I wound up quitting my job and just put off full-on stop to to work and did nothing but studies because I saw the value in it so much. So she really, really inspired me and, and essentially changed the course of my career. Lauren, how long have you been involved with coaching and mentoring? 15 years. I think that once you're, you know, anyone who's a natural teacher, it just naturally happens. Now, one piece of advice that I will give to those out there who do have that natural skill to them is, you know, one thing that I've had to learn in the hard way is there's only so much you can do um, before you have to sort of put a stop. So know your limitations and how much time you can give to people because otherwise you kind of wind up giving away too much of yours, even though it's for a wonderful thing, you're helping people, but don't forget to focus on, on your, your legacy as well. Lauren, I understand you have a book to recommend to our listeners. So um, it's going to be one of the brain books that I've read, but it's definitely one of the more interesting ones. Uh, it's called Phantoms in the Brain, and it's by a man named VM Sharma, uh, excuse me, Ramachandran. That's a mouthful for you. He writes so beautifully, and it's so interesting because there are a lot based on case studies um, about phantom limbs, which are basically people who have suffered neurological strokes or disease um, who have no feeling in certain parts of their body, but are, are so sure that they do. So it's such an interesting read, but he makes it very amusing. So I think for anyone who just wants something amusing, but also a little bit science-y um, and medical, I would definitely recommend that book. Lauren, I also understand you have something else for our listeners. Yes. You know, I am so passionate and I really do love sharing what I know to help organizations and their, their people out there. Um, for anybody who is listening, you can reach me um, on my website at www.learningpirate.com. And I would love to offer people a 45-minute call with me consultation so they can talk to me about what their learning initiatives are. Maybe they're struggling with a problem in design. You know, I think it's it's part of my job. I, you know, I did the hard work, everyone. I did all the studies on the nerve science so that I could pass this pass this on. So it's my absolute pleasure. Then you can reach me, like I said, either through my website, I'm on Twitter at, at Learning Pirate, or you can reach me directly by email, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N at learningpirate.com. Thank you, Lauren. That's very valuable. And speaking of social media, do you have any other social media platforms you can share with our listeners, either for you or your company, so they can reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, I think the only one that I haven't listed is I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't have my business page up yet, but you can find me by name, Lauren Waldman, and you'll see the Learning Pirate logo right away. 
Lauren, we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide us any last minute advice or wisdom on any subject you want to talk about? You know, I think the best advice that I can give anybody is the same advice that I was giving myself. When you're learning something new, be patient with yourself. It can be incredibly frustrating, but don't give up. Um, you know, when I started my studies with, uh, with Harvard, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I'd never studied like this before. And there were those times where my brain was going, you're, you're in too deep. Like, this is just way too hard. But just keep going because the satisfaction that comes out of that afterwards and the curiosity that will be driven from that, it'll take you so much further. So my best advice to people is keep your passions, but follow your curiosity. That's great advice. I think most people don't realize that when people are successful and, and go after their passion, they just keep going and others just stop. Yeah, absolutely. Don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> to our listeners, all the links to our Lauren's book recommendations and the social media will be in our show notes. Lauren, thank you very much for being our guest today. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy person and, and thank you for your time. My absolute pleasure. To our listeners, thank you for your time as well and remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.